Well, welcome back, everybody, to a very, very you know. I feel like there's a lot of times I say that I say that it's a special episode, but this is legitimately a special episode because Nolan's with us, oh, physically with us. And, and, by, and by special, you mean like not at all because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing we want to know, Nolan, is your pick right now: sour beer. Scotch. Scotch. Uh, By the way, I knew I liked this guy because I I know it's kind of been a joke on the show for since we started, but uh, this sour beer that Steve bought me is ten percent. Steve's wife bought you. Most sour beers are like four to six percent, so it's really coming at me strong. Also, Steve, we got. Can you show the camera what we got here? Can we? Uh, Just one of them, maybe. How about that? Does that work? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a little delayed, but you should be good to go. No, I'm looking at the live feed here. It's, it's just good. don't worry about the technician <laughs> stuff. I got the good stuff here. We've been spreading those around the conference. The reason we're all together is because we were at Masters Academy. Yeah. It's fantastic. And uh, yeah, now we're just going to come here and talk about the market. What's going on, Tom Story, Nolan Mathias? What's going on? Well, uh, first of all, Vancouver, the weather's like amazing. Fantastic. Like absolutely amazing. I've been to Vancouver maybe like four or five times and really? always in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not usually this nice. Oh, wow. So this has oh, been this uh, is beautiful. Yeah. 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 What is, what's Calgary like this time of year? Eh, like this, a little hotter, a little drier. Yeah. Yeah. But this is cool. Like getting up in the morning, I went and did a little walk this morning down by the uh, waterfront there. Like, yeah. wow, it makes you want to move to Vancouver if you didn't know what it was like in the winter. I got up as late as possible today. Oh, last night. You was, didn't wake up early with everyone at 5 a.m. and go do the run? a good one, man. I told yeah. you when we were doing like the advertisements and stuff, my favorite part of this thing is like connecting with everybody. So oh. it's pretty cool. Yeah. You guys are definitely good at that. People love you here. I mean, that one fan of yours, uh, Steve. <laughs> Holy <laughs> the people have spoken. It was fun. So wait, so he we spent like two hours with you. We were in we went to the hotel bar last night mm-hmm. and someone came down, really nice guy, and recognized me from the podcast. But when he saw Steve, he was like uh, a fourteen year old seeing like uh I don't know, Justin Bieber. Well <laughs> lost his mind. <laughs> And to be clear, he recognized you and asked immediately where Steve was. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, Tom, where's Steve? <laughs> it's true. That's exactly what happened. He's like, you're Tom Story. Where's Steve? Actually, he he mistook somebody else's, the back of somebody else's head for Steve, got really, really excited. And then I've never seen disappointment, <laughs> like the disappointment that was in his face when somebody else that was not Steve turned around. You know what? Speaking about the back of people's heads, on mm-hmm. the first day of the conference, this I walked in and I was looking for Steve. Mm-hmm. And I didn't recognize him from behind because he's lost so much weight. And I was wearing a suit. Yeah, and he was wearing like a professional, yeah. you know, outfit for once. It's crazy. You look good, dude. I mean, last time I saw you would have been, what, September? And yeah. it's like a whole different human being. Yeah, man. Uh, January 2nd, I was 243.6 pounds. Wow. And this last Monday, I just weighed in at 194. So 50 wow. pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And I've had sushi three times since we've been downtown Vancouver, so I'm sure I'm back up at least 10. And what's the end goal? Are you trying to get to I'm a certain weight? Goal. Oh, your past goal. goal. Yeah. So, so now, now it's just maintaining and... No, I want to keep going. Okay. Turns out you got a lot more to lose than you thought you did when you, uh, mm. when you were that And when, when you get now. to the goal, is it to like build muscle and keep going and... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to be healthy. So let's pour another scotch and get mm. into real estate. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we were just at a two-day real estate conference. And one thing I thought was interesting in day one is that Rich showed the last basically like decade of Canadian real estate sales. 
mm-hmm. and showed how you know we average we were averaging around four hundred fifty to five hundred thousand sales over the last decade, and then twenty twenty where there's a few months where we couldn't do anything because of the pandemic was the second biggest year of all time. And I think we went to like 550,000 or something. And then 2021 was 650,000. That, cr- that one 2021 just number was bumped just all the way up. Insanity. Like, I think that's going to be the outlier maybe for the next decade. Uh, oh, with, cause think we're not going right? to see that again. No one could travel. So you weren't spending money on anything. They got obsessed with homes. You could borrow money basically for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to happen again. I don't think we're going to see it again. I don't see. We also are now pat that drove us past affordability, right? Yeah. And as a result, you're just not going to see those type of transactions until prices come down, which I don't think anybody here thinks that's likely going to happen uh, in our markets anyway, maybe in, I don't know about Calgary. I guess it depends on whatever the dollar per liter is right now. And then, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I just don't see a situation where we hopefully ever go back to those rates. Right. Yeah. Like, well, it's, I mean, anything's possible, but so I, what, so I guess we have learned. Yeah. I mean, but what I found really interesting, Tom, was what you pointed out about those graphs, and it didn't matter if it was the sales numbers, if it was the prices, it didn't matter what it was. If you take 2022 out of it, yeah, the trend line look is consistently up. Yeah. And because 2023 has come back so much from uh, from what from where we were. Yeah, because it it showed like uh, I looked at 2019 when it wasn't just sales, but it was price. Mm -hmm. And I think in 2022 or maybe it was 2021, we got to like over eight hundred thousand dollars average price in Canada. Mm -hmm. Not not like Toronto, like Canada, which is crazy. Our stats just came out today. Yeah, it's we are up five percent year over year now. I know we saw two months of down first, April and, and May, but the June numbers are up 5%. I mean, so, I mean, that's check. over last year. Over last last yeah. June, yeah. And okay. sales are up like 1,900. The average is 1,700 in June. Uh, so we're above floating averages in everything again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hijack this real quick because you gave Steve one of the best presentations today I've ever seen oh, on knowing your market such, from a realtor. You're such uh, a sucker. I appreciate that. You got to talk about, <laughs> it was really good, dude, um, and gave me a lot of really great ideas for the upcoming market stat updates we're going to do on my new channel, uh, Shameless Plug. Uh, wait, wait, but, what's the new channel? Uh, so the new channel is purely Canadian real estate focused. My other channel has drifted to more... Um, wealth and and just a more finance American and, and yeah, finance yeah. and general like how to thrive and how to give back uh, sort of content. So I'm moving the old style <clears throat> content, which hasn't existed for like the last six to eight months over to this new channel, which means we're going back to like real estate market updates. He's trying to move all the trolls to a different channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how long do you think till Nolan's new channel blows if, by us? If Green Bean is still on. Green Bean, we got a new channel for you. Oh, where, no. Green Bean was already on there this well, morning. Let us know, by the um, way, because people are coming in here. Let us know where you're from in the chat. And yeah. if you have any specific topics, like we got topics we're going to cover today, but uh, I guess we may as well actually interact too. Right? Yeah. Let, let me know. I'll watch the chat and, and I'll, I'll keep these guys informed. But Going back to what you were saying with what Steve talked about today, we should talk about some of those things now because mm-hmm. what it was in the conference today was like, here's the things you need to know as a real estate agent to give good advice to your clients. But even if someone's not looking to buy or sell right now, can you go over some of the things you talked about today? Well, what, what I want to hear specifically is what you talked about with respect to a buyer's versus a seller's market and understanding those numbers because that was yeah, so you, amazing. The basic breakdown is 
it's either months of inventory mm-hmm. or consumption rate. Right? right. So months of inventory is simple number I report. That's the stupid cat video I did on my channel, right? Like that's what we break down. <laughs> uh, that's the easier one to understand. But that exact same uh, calculation can be done in a percentage consumption rate. And it's that simple to see where you were. But what I did in the presentation today is I showed those guys, uh, all the agents that were there, how to see where they are today by looking at total active listings. And then where you're going, which is looking at new listings versus new sales. And that is a very good predictor of your next 30 days in the market. And everybody's like, where's the market going? Well, I understand our, our let's call it uh, YouTube comment trolls are thinking that everything is, what did, what did Jordan call it? The goldfish mentality mentality of like we can only think like this far in advance right we can't conceptualize uh the distance um but those just that thing of listing sales and then months of inventory is a really good determiner of where you're going to be in the next 60 30 to 90 days let's say 60 days Mm -hmm. right it's a really good way to tell where you're going to be and shocking for a lot of people i didn't think and i put it on my channel june wasn't necessarily the best time to buy in July, according to what's happening right now, is looking really good in comparison to where we were. Yeah, I think prices are going to hover or slow down a little bit here. Stop going up. Over the next, yeah, stop going up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Toronto numbers just came out, and I'm looking at them right now. And year over year for June, we were up 3.2%. So when we talk about months of inventory, there was 14,000. Here, I'll just do this math right now. 14,107 active listings. Okay. And there was 7,000. Oh, I got to start that it's again. two months of inventory. Yeah, basically. Two, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was easy, but I want to get the exact okay. 2.1 months of inventory or whatever, yeah. which fundamentally continues to put Toronto in a market that is favoring the sellers on paper. Which is 50% consumption rate and prices are going up. By the way, Green Bean says that most of the time uh, they are defending us from the trolls. That that is. I will notice. Uh, and shout Green out a- is, Amy from yeah. Toronto. Thanks mm-hmm. for being here. Thanks for watching the podcast. Yeah, no, Green Bean's uh, definitely uh, one of the more bulls I think that is out there. Um, I think and and pretty cool. Like Green Bean consistently watches all of our channels. Yeah, which yeah. which is nice. Thank I'd you. love to know who that person is in real life. I would love to organize something where we and we pick our top ten names, right, of people that are all on all. Like we could probably I could list my twenty, your twenty, your twenty, and then on that list we take the top ten that are on all of them, and then on do, both sides of the argument and hmm. do like a meet and greet. Right. And with an octagon like, in the center. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody's going to say bad things. Listen, I disagree with um, the NDP philosophy on most things. Mm-hmm. And we managed to have a fantastic conversation with the housing minister. Uh, he's a great guy. He, we obviously don't believe in a lot of the core fundamentals on how a government or whatever should be run. But what do you, you got to be able to have good conversations with people if you yeah. disagree with them. That's a good plug. So, Anyone that's watching this right now, whether I set you, you're, I set you up, for yeah, that you did. That was great. <laughs> whether you're watching this live or you're watching this on replay at some point, uh, we put out a midweek episode, which we never. Well, I know this is midweek too, but with the housing minister of BC, Ravi Callan, and we got 30 minutes just to basically pepper him with questions about the housing market, about the homes for people plan, and I came away from that feeling like very optimistic. Not that this is going to be solved right away, but yeah. this is going to take decades probably not Mm -hmm. one decade decades to figure this out because we are so far gone on affordability um but not from bc talking to him i was like well at least you have someone making these decisions that is passionate about it is a smart guy and seems to know what he's talking about he didn't sound like a 
crazy. He didn't sound like a politician. Socialist politician. No. Right. He didn't sound like that at all. He sounded no. like he had some really good points. Um, you know, I didn't really agree with some of the stuff that he said, obviously, but what I, didn't, what didn't you agree with? Um, I just don't think that we, his idea of we need the taxation is not necessarily the way I feel, but what I'm trying, uh, to do, and I'm, I'm really bad at this, Tom, you're much better than I am, is I want to let people talk and not interrupt. <laughs> so I want to be able to find out what their ideas are, right. As opposed to, um, I, I don't want to have somebody on, make them feel uncomfortable and then not be able to understand their ideas, right? Because there's a good chance their ideas are better than my ideas. I can tell you leading into that, I had a call with Bill Parnaby and I told him, I was like, we're about to interview the housing minister and I'm really worried Steve's going to like get us in trouble. He's going to say something offside or he's going to argue with him. Well, not that arguing is the issue, that that would be fine yeah. having different points of view, but you'd like say something that would like I really- I would assume a skilled politician is going to handle me pretty easy. Yeah, probably. Right. Like yeah. he's I'm hmm. sure he does. Uh, he has a lot worse. I think you can on. hold your own. Also, uh, shout out to Chris, who says, love the show. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you for watching. Well, uh, we for have watching. many people watching right now and yeah. uh, very few comments. Yeah. So. Let us know if you're if you just jumped in the stream. Forty three people live right now watching. Let us know where you're from. What's going on? If there's any topic you want us to cover. Yeah. Happy to chat I about it. I did put down in the so there's an option when you go to YouTube uh, to slow down the comments because otherwise chat bots can enter. So you only get to I think once a minute you get to put in a comment. But feel free. Please uh, do. Gotcha. Uh, we just got a question, actually. Um, boys, rate if rates hold around 6% for the next year, what does Greater Vancouver Area inventory of detached look like? So if we keep interest rates at 6% for the next 12 months, what do you think detached homes inventory? Let's let's go, Steve, because you're in this market, you answer that, then we'll, then we'll give the Calgary and Toronto perspective of it. Uh, in my market of the Valley, um, we're already showing signs that things are going to stop going up. So that's where I assume we're going to be. Mm. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens when we have rate announcement. Right. Um, but today in my presentation, the other thing I brought up is 150,000 people, 100 or only 51,000 new homes. Uh, and to steal Ralph's quote that I'm using all which the time great. now, which is we are playing musical chairs and we're only bringing more people. Mm -hmm. We're not bringing more chairs or not enough chairs. Right. Every time three people walk in the room, we add one chair to the game of musical chairs. How's that going to go? And unfortunately, we're buying these musical chairs with 20% uh, down and and financing them right large so, debt <laughs> yeah. large debt so it's not and we're not building any new chairs well we're not building new chairs at the same enough. pace that people are playing the also game also building really small chairs yeah chairs that fit one person <laughs> not a family is uh is what's happening maybe people learn to need less right i mean yeah. so uh, do you remember though the first time sorry to interrupt but you remember the first time you came on this show and i said i hope we have some sort of financial like crisis so people can learn about their finances better because mm -hmm. i think we're just not we're, we're not understanding that right we're not there's not enough people that care about their finances generally i would say it's probably one in ten people that really truly care about their finances yeah I, what i'm surprised about is how quickly old habits came back right and you know myself included in this i i just look at the spend that we had pre-pandemic, the best thing that ever happened to my to myself and my wife from a money perspective was the pandemic going happening and that's going, oh wow, look how much more money we have now that we're not spending it on everything. And then mm -hmm. fast forward to the summer of 2023 and it's like, wow, I'm spending more than I was in 2019. And I think that's true for a pretty significant amount of, uh, of 
consumers and people and just like it's we're back to the old habits and and now reflecting on on what you said maybe you're right maybe it would be good to have another uh little tiny financial crisis so people had to think about that has the financial crisis happened though that we were waiting for that we told that like unemployment is five percent the layoffs are not happening at the rate we thought it was going to happen obviously the bank of canada the yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but there's always a yet. Yeah, yeah. There's there was a yet at the end of last year. There's a yet at the beginning of last year. There's always going to be another one. Um, just to jump back here for for the inventory question, I, I was just looking at the numbers as you guys were talking. Detached homes in Toronto right now are sitting at just under two months of inventory, and and that's not just Toronto. That's Greater Toronto area. For, so everything. Um, I think if rates stayed around six percent for twelve months that would creep up to three to maybe three and a half. But I don't think it puts us into a buyer's market. I think we'll, we'll, we'll hover along a, you know, on the cusp of sellers to, to balance, at least in Toronto. So, so what do you think is happening in Calgary right now? Well, I mean, on that topic, my question for you guys is um, with respect to short term rentals, what are the rules in, in your guys' markets? Because Calgary is always the wild west and, and yeah. is with respect to short term rentals. We're shutting them down pretty hard. Are they? But there's such an easy workaround. I Do you need I, permits for them or? There's all sorts of stuff coming in and it's always changing. And that's why I say it's a bad investment. But mm-hmm. there's tons of people that all they do is uh, you need, like, for instance, I think Whistler. I was talking to Lisa Hilton. Yeah. And she was saying that I think it's three month in a lot of place lease, right? Yeah. So what a ton of people do is they just sign a three month lease and charge them for two nights. Like they did that to me in, I mean, that's the workaround. There's no, the paperwork lines up and it's, it's not (laughs) right, but the paperwork lines up. That happened to me. I went to New York in 2012 and we stayed in a Airbnb and we signed a 30 day lease and we stayed for six nights. I've tell me where that where to sign that lease. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to pay him for six nights and stay there. Trust for the me. Month. I thought that they must be taking on massive amounts of risk, but I guess if you're looking to break the law to yeah. stay a short term rental, like I, I'm not a big fan of short term rental at all. No. So here's the reason I asked that question: is I think it's kind of like in the Vancouver market, since that's what the question was asked. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's probably similar to foreign buyers. The the perception of how much of an impact they have on the market is probably greater than the actual impact they're having. But there's a whole bunch of interesting data about the Airbnb bust, which is Mm -hmm. if you live in a city that has strict short-term rental controls, but still allows a small portion of them, Mm -hmm. Airbnbs do very, very well for the person who holds the Airbnb. But when you get into markets where there's no restrictions like Calgary, everyone tries to get into it. Too many. And because there's too many, people don't do well. And then people forget that what they aren't doing when they're buying an Airbnb or or doing an Airbnb is that they're not investing in real estate. What they're doing is they're they're competing in hospitality. Yeah. So think about that. Like where we're sitting right now, we're sitting in a Hyatt in downtown Vancouver. I'm looking at a Fairmont. And if I were to on that corner put an Airbnb, I might be able to survive, but if there's a hundred of them, I'm not only competing with uh, I'm not only competing with those hundred Airbnbs, but also two of the nicest hotels in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. So it's my my curiosity is with respect to what's happening in the mindsets of people like the politicians who have control over that those rules, and then if it gets restricted, 
if that's going to bring a little bit more housing to the market and then how much of an impact that would have. I can tell you in Toronto, because we saw this in 2019, pre-pandemic, we, we put the Airbnb essential ban in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You could only do it if it was your primary residence, which was the opposite of what most people, they were buying condos mm-hmm. just to do Airbnb. It, so it has to be on your driver's license. That's your address. Um, you could only do it for 180 days of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, the and in it, the way it's classified is anything under 28 days. So then after 180 days of Airbnb, then you can do 29 day executive rentals yeah. or whatever. There's always going to be a silly workaround. But uh, in houses, you know, you can do your basement and whatnot. But if it's a condo and, and what happened right away is it flooded the market with one year rental inventory. Oh, interesting. In 2019, which and has obviously all been now. absorbed now mm-hmm. because the rental market's been tight. But at the moment and then the pandemic hit. And then, like, it was like impossible to run stuff. Yeah. And now it's impossible not to run stuff. I just like, don't know. I just honestly, I don't think Airbnb is. It's almost like the penny stocks of real estate, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are trying to get like a more of a get rich quick. It doesn't make any sense. I think if you if you want to become an investor, for the most part, it's it's a lot more work that way. There's a lot more risk, and you can change at the drop of a hat. The government does something and totally screws you. Yeah. Just just to add one thing because I had this conversation. I'm not going to say the name, but they said they were doing Airbnb arbitrage in Calgary, mm-hmm. and what they recognized, and that's where you lease a place with permission to mm-hmm. to then do short term. Mm-hmm. They realized because he sells real estate that they were spending so much time running the Airbnb arbitrage. It was so much not passive that they were not selling as much real estate as they yeah, used to. Yeah, yeah. So they've actually stopped it now and they're mm-hmm. only going to do Airbnbs now for the properties they actually buy and own. They're not doing it mm-hmm. the arbitrage way. Yeah, totally. And I mean, in Calgary, because it's the Wild West, there's so much inventory of Airbnbs that people are not doing well, except they've got this 10 day period that's coming up next week called the Calgary Stampede, where they make an insane yeah. amount of money for 10 days. And yeah. then the rest of the year, it's like, they're screwed because they're competing with the Fairmonts and the Hiltons and the Hyatts of the world. I, I got some rapid fire questions here just from the chat that I want to go over with you guys. Um, so first one is, are you seeing a slowdown at open houses? Steve, you want to answer that? Uh, I haven't had an open house. What open while. houses? Right? No, I haven't. I'm supposed to have one this weekend, but we just got an offer on the property yeah. that hit first. So you can't have the open house because it's going to be so sold. Detached property, uh, sight unseen uh, offer came in still to deal with it. Um, and just tons of activity. So I don't even know if we're going to go to the open house. Mm. Mm. Um, so they have been fairly busy when I'm taking buyers out. I took buyers out the other day for the first time in six months because mm. my team was on vacay. And uh, yeah, it was busy out there. Um, the next question was, did prices go down in June compared no, to May? Not in the Fraser Valley. They did in Toronto. I'm looking at really? the numbers right now. Oh, so we'll, we'll, do this, we'll do this live right now. Now, we had five months in a row in Toronto for every asset class and average price that prices went up mm-hmm. from the beginning of the year. So June 2023, the average sale price in the greater Toronto area is 1182120. So just under 1.2. Uh, if I go back to May, just give me a second here. Is that seasonally adjusted or no? No, that's just strictly average price. Yeah, so that's another good point. Um, it was in May. It was one one nine six. So we dropped fifteen thousand dollars from May. Can you? So ex- we are technically down in price. Can you explain to me how you can seasonally adjust a price? 
Yeah, the price totally. is the price. Yeah, so seasonally adjusting is like let's say you have a market for a good like real estate. And let's say on average you consistently see January, February, March be kind of flat and then there's a whole bunch of activity and then April, May, June, you see prices go up and then July they get flat, right? So you st- you typically see a greater increase in in June than you would see in January. So when you seasonally adjust something, you basically take a look at the long-term trend and you go, okay, well, typically houses should go up 5% in June and they only go up 2% in January. But this year they went up 2% in January, but only 4% in June. Mm. So in theory, you actually lost a percent in June because that's not what normally happens relative to uh, okay. history, so, right? So that's what seasonally adjusted is. Um, it's like if you're seasonally adjusting for snow in in Calgary, um, it's always zero in the summer, but in the winter it is a hundred centimeters. And if in if in January you got ninety centimeters, and in December you got eighty centimeters, well, you actually got less snow than normal in January, even though you had more snow mm. than you had in December. So that it's like it's, yeah. you're trying to work out the numbers with respect. Franken to, numbers. Yeah. Um, just to acknowledge some of the comments here. So uh, Chris says that he's glad he was following the trends. He took a variable in uh, March 2022, but fixed in in July. So Steve will be very happy about Chris. Congratulations. Boom. Uh, Colin says he was in Yaletown last week and restaurants were so busy. I didn't see a recession. I went to a sushi. Uh, I went to a sushi restaurant in Yaletown literally last night or two nights ago and it was packed yeah so i i would agree with that well we went to cactus club last night for a very traditional vancouver meal cactus club yeah and very nice it was packed too it was slammed Mm -hmm. yeah slammed what i what i found amazing was how busy it was and how quick the food came out and how amazing the service was yeah, it was good. That's that was why wild. we. That's actually why Vancouver had to pick Cactus Club. <laughs> it's just like the safe option. It's the to... safest, best, all the time. This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by Cactus Club for <laughs> when you want to go for a drink and get the same drink every time. Hey, uh, Cactus Club, if you're watching, this one's on the house. The next one you're gonna have yeah, to pay for. Yeah, okay? we're taking sponsorships. Uh, I'm gonna need to cut on that. We got a few people here that uh, someone says thanks to you guys. Uh, I sold my house uh, this year at the top. Didn't buy then, and now I'm, I'm waiting till the market slows down to get in again. Hope we save some money. So that's kind of cool. Amy said she sold her condo in the waterfront to buy a house. This was December 2021 okay. that she bought the house in Scarborough. Don't regret the house locking in five years at 3%. That's Good obviously job. great. But I really do miss downtown. Amy, I moved from downtown to East Toronto, not quite as far as Scarborough, but on the way. And I miss downtown too. Hmm. I love living downtown. I, I miss it. Really enjoyed your house, probably more than you. That pad you had was pretty your, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I just wanted to be near your house. But my new house, I can walk down I could to the rent water it from you because hmm. you were there all the time, and that's a bit of a. Can't pain you walk down to the out. water from <laughs> the old place too? Uh, yes, but different water. Like the you can it's, walk down yeah. to downtown water where you're not going in there. And there's uh, no beach. It was so where cool I'm at now. Like, there's a beach. Yeah, oh, okay. we, we gotcha. walked to the Leafs games, and like it was everything was like let's walk to this bar or whatever. It was it was really cool, and I kind of got that same feel fool uh, fool. I kind of got that same feel coming up from dinner last night, where I was just like, man, Cole Harbor nice. is. awesome. You should have 
kept that place so we could uh, sign I, 30 day leases with I you wanted, for six nights. I wanted to keep that place, but it just didn't work. The numbers, I trust me, uh, I would have loved to keep that place. Uh, Chris is asking, do you see many first time home buyers who bought in 2017, 18 that are not able to renew those rates no, today? Not a chance. You haven't seen it? To be honest, I've seen all those people. They're now calling me to sell that property because they've made so much money yeah. on the equity. Yeah. And they've maybe gone to an, a relationship. They have dual income, and now they're actually jumping up. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. with but, big down payments on the next place because of the equity. But I did a, a video on this on my channel where it was like, it wasn't uncommon in 2018 rates were going up, so you had a lot of three five nine to three eight nines. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like if somebody recently got into a four eight nine, like yeah, it went up, mm-hmm. but it didn't go up crazy. W- what we are starting to see is. Just people that can't, that are that have hung onto the variables, and those silly people. They well, you don't have an option now too to even switch lenders. And now, what's variable six percent? Or sorry, fixed now is getting close to six percent. Most places, well, Scotia fixed Bank's is probably like higher, around five, five and a half. Yeah, depending Scotia on Scotia Scotia Bank, like I don't know what's going on with Scotia Bank, but it's rumors. like they don't want to be in the mortgage business at all right now. I heard, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of rumors that I've heard. I don't, I don't want to kind of propagate them, but um, I think with every bank in general right now, like their commercial books suck. Could you yeah. imagine having these, you know, hundred million dollar buildings that one aren't leased, mm-hmm. two the mortgages aren't getting paid on them. And three aren't worth what the mortgages on them are. Like they're underwater two ways. Like the banks are like, I don't even want it. We've got window washers on the way up past our hotel room right now. Hey, <laughs> What's That's up? That's awesome. Welcome to Vancouver. Uh, they don't even wash the windows in Calgary. No, they just leave them. Green Bean will like that. I don't think Green Bean likes Calgary. Um, um, sorry, go on, go on. But isn't that crazy? Like the banks that, so Brookfield just handed keys back in San Francisco on two properties. There's a property in Calgary that just had the keys handed back. And the crazy thing is that the banks are going, I don't want them. And the owners are going, I don't want them. So like, what do you do? What's happening? Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason why some of the banks aren't necessarily super aggressive in the, in the lending market. Now, if you want to talk about rumors you heard about Scotiabank, by all means, go ahead. But, all right, oh, but just to clarify that, you're saying that Scotiabank's current like uh, posted rates are insanely high yeah. because they don't want... They're, they're not act- trying to compete. They're actively trying not to lend right now. Hundred percent. Mm. Yeah. So Interesting. you can secure. Um, I mean, they'll lend only if it's really in their benefit, right? Mm. So that means there's some sort of constraint on their end. Yeah, and I think there's also I th- there's a lot of things that could be happening. Um, I think there's the potential that if they sit there right now and they aren't taking on new mortgages, but they have mortgages coming up for renewal and they're mm. priced a half a percent outside the market, well. If they can hold on to that business and and sign it for more, um, those are the properties that, you know, are not going to go down in value. They've gone up in value. They've got existing clients. If they can sign them at a higher rate, that's super profitable. Mm -hmm. I I could see a bank looking at the market right now and going, we don't want to be lending in this market because the housing prices could go down. And if they go down, well, then we don't want to take those properties back, especially if they're at 20% down payment. I think they could be looking at their commercial books going, wow, what if that happens in residential and we're double screwed on the commercial and the residential side? But yeah, Scotiabank's, 
uh, from a pricing standpoint. And by the way, I'm not saying that any of this is what's happening at Scotia. This doesn't look like know. they're competing. I, I have no yeah. idea why yeah, they're doing we, it. Yeah, we only have speculation. But they have a they are 100 priced higher than the rest of the market. Interesting. Right now. Yeah. Uh, we got a comment here. Hometown fave Steve. Someone mm. likes you, Stephen. No way. Uh, with NDP new four-unit announcement, crystal ball chances of Garden Suites coming to North Delta within five years. Great interview, by the way. Garden Suites, Steve, what do you think? I mean, Ravi said, go back and watch it. They're like... Hey, be nice, Steve. Everything is... Hometown no, no, no. Steve. What I'm saying is like... I'm, I'm sorry. I, I go through this with my family a lot. What I meant <laughs> is we covered this and it was awesome. It was a great... I encourage everybody the interview. that missed it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's all coming. It's all coming. Everything It's He basically made it sound like we're going to let the market decide, which is crazy that the NDP would say that, but we're going to let the market decide what type of housing fits the density plan. So they're not, they don't want to say this is the type of home you can build there. Right. Um, So garden suites, guys are going to build them. I think they're going to be throwing away money initially, just like they would be in Toronto. Um, But I, I see what's going to happen is, I really think they're going to take those 1960s, 70s rancher, like small houses, tear them down and put up three units like your old townhouse, just like on a 60 foot lot. There's there. That's yeah. what they are. I mean, I think it's interesting that the that, an, that the NDP is is going, we're going to let the open market decide. But here's a problem. And this isn't an NDP conversation at all. This is it doesn't matter if they start allowing fourplexes or garden or, or suites or or anything else for that matter, because the risk for a builder right now to build is so high, mm-hmm. the cost to borrow the money is so high, mm. and the type of properties that they're talking about approving are not the type of properties that big institutional builders build. Yeah. They're the type of properties that small builders build, and the risk for small builders is so significant right now yeah. that what's gonna have to happen is that those guys are gonna have to come in, they're gonna have to buy those properties, and they're going to have to hold them for four or five years until the risk goes away. And then once the risk goes away, then they can start doing the building. But you're five years out just on the change to the but rules. That's my whole market. Is it? That's my entire What's market. What's the interest rate on a building loan? Like if you were to build it. No, but that's why guys. So what they what guys will do mostly in Surrey is they will buy any sort of remotely livable old crappy house Mm -hmm. get a regular loan on it Mm -hmm. and then save up rent it out save up for another four or five years then build yeah right so now it looks like oh i bought a cheap lot five years ago um that is that is almost my entire market Hmm. for detached you gotta they're all waiting for the market to come to the price they paid to make it feasible to build something right Mm -hmm. and then you got all the other costs i mean i know lumber's gone down i know all those costs have gone down but they haven't gone down enough to make up for the increase in interest rates. And, and to answer your question, the building costs on them is essentially a line of credit pricing. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Right? Okay. So, um, so we, that's we, what, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. That's what Brad uh, Lamb brought up with us mm-hmm. was he's like, cool story, guys. What are you going to do? Your little infill projects? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm trying to do five, six, seven hundred units at a time and fix this problem. Yeah, and that's a good point. He right? doesn't even want to entertain like, it, right? What does it really matter? When, so you're going to let everybody build three them. units. They're mm-hmm. not all building three units tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You could take down ten of those properties, put up a massive condo, and yeah. fix the problem better. Like, sorry guys, you're buying buying votes. That's great, but you're ten years too late. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so we've got, we had over 50 people watching uh, here, which is pretty cool. So uh, if you're new to jumping in here and you didn't get in right at the beginning, let us know where you're from the chat, where in Canada or outside Canada. That would be cool if, if you're outside Canada. Um, and let us know if there's anything you want us to cover because we had topics written down here, but I think it's kind of fun just to jump in from what the chat's saying and, and discuss yeah, that's it. Wicked. So someone asked here, when is the next best time to buy this December or January? Rates should last, still last be- Last January. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> Yesterday. Now, here, here's my answer to that. I, I think based on the username here, I think I think you're around the GTA. I could be wrong. Uh, based, I've seen your comments a lot. Um, it, so not January because we see every year that January picks up immediately because inventory yeah. drops off. So December would is usually historically the month that average sale price is the lowest after December 15th. But then on the other side, there's literally nothing to choose from. There's nothing on the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually looking forward here. And, you know, our team is working with a ton of buyers right now. They're trying to figure out what they want to do and get into the market. If Bank of Canada goes up on the 12th, which is a very high chance that they do, even with the last inflation numbers, if I'm a buyer right now, and, and I fully recognize me saying this as a real estate agent could be flipped to real estate agent says buy now, but hear me out for a sec. If I'm a buyer, Bank of Canada goes up. I'm not taking a variable anyways. I'm taking a three-year fix because I'm not a maniac that would take a five-year fix like Steve thinks. And there's going to now be less competition because the next rate hike is going to get everyone up here. Not necessarily in the bank account, but it's going to get them up here. They're going to go, whoa, 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 two in a row. Okay, even if they're done now, that's going to plush this, the seasonality Mm -hmm. of the summer market is going to slow down. There's going to be leftover inventory that's going to be sitting. Inventory is going to build over the summer. If I'm a buyer right now and I've got a five-year perspective, I'm going, well, maybe if there's something in August, I'll jump in. Mm-hmm. Because usually September jumps up. Like mm-hmm. August and December are, are historically, at least in Toronto, the two months that the best deals happen. But there's also 50% less to but choose people, from. People think that when interest rates come down, that's going to be a good time. No, it's price are going and to go it's up. like interest rates are only coming down if it's a bad time, guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be the problem. I always think like right now I was looking at uh, investing some cash and I'm like, oh, yeah, the cash isn't the, hmm. the reason the market goes up so crazy. A lot of times is because there's a lot more cash available to invest. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that cash to invest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's some stocks. I don't know. After today, it was a pretty red day on the market. Yeah. Bond yields are up, which to answer that question quit trying to time the freaking market. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean this like to whoever asked that. I don't I don't mean this in a like stop it kind of way, but like just in general, people need to stop going and looking at three-year mortgages because somebody said rates are going to come down in three years. Three years is a long time from now. And three months ago, they were saying, we're going to pause interest rates and now we're going to be up half a percent in basically a three-month period. And, yeah. oh, no, I know you... No, I just had a thought. I had a thought. Keep yeah. it, keep it, because this is going to get good. Okay, so let's say... Right now, we, we saw housing prices come down a little bit in Toronto, and we're going to expect that they come down a little bit more by December. Uh, the gap between where fixed rates and variable rates normally sit is inverted right now, and we're like 1% to 1.5% difference on where those rates should be. So in other words, the, the fixed rate should be substantially higher than it is, or the variable rate should be substantially lower than it is. Mm. the variable rate's not coming down anytime soon, which which means that the fixed rate's probably going to continue to go up. It went up yeah. 20 basis points today. Yeah. It's by, by Monday, fixed rates are going to be up by 0.2%. Mm. So what that means is that we're sitting here trying to time the market between now and December on when to buy, but in just a day, 
just a single day, we've got almost a 2.5% increase on the borrowing costs. So what are you trying to catch? Like 1% decrease in, in what you're going to buy the house for between now and December. But in a single day, you are paying 2.5% more on the interest rate. And what if that interest rate goes up by another half a percent, the fixed rate goes up by another half, half percent by December. So now you're at basically a 5% higher borrowing cost. You save 1% because you waited till December. You're netting out over the life of the mortgage. You're going to end up paying 4% more for that. And that, by the way, is mm -hmm. the 1%, 10% rule. So 1% right. increase in interest rates mm -hmm. equals a 10% increase in the borrowing costs over the life of the mortgage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's, I don't know, it, you, what can we do to convince people yeah. that the right time to buy is when the market is bad? January was my second worst month of my career. Mm. Stop showing off, right? January. This last wow. January. Well, that was a number of transactions. What right? was the worst month? Less than January. The first month. <laughs> With less than zero. <laughs> no, 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 no. We did two, we did two, two <laughs> transactions in January. Mm. Um. And I want to say there was one August many years ago where we did one. We had five collapses that August. Oh, wow. But like that is the time when you should be buying and everybody, uh, see we had Steve Soretsky on the podcast and he was like, listen, everybody's waiting for better, better, better. And he's like, they waited too long. And that's what we clipped and put in the, mm -hmm. and it was like, he was he was right. Yeah, they there was showing signs that I remember being on a coach call uh, with Dana, um, and he's like, I have multiple high producing team members that think the bottom was the third week of November last year. Now this is mostly GTA, right? And I'm like, I don't just totally disagree with you. The numbers show January, but we all know the numbers like a little bit, and the buying activity happens for January happens in December, November, right? So like the close, oh wait, no, you guys run your stats different because you run the, when the contract's written, when it, not yeah, when it yeah, actually yeah, closes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah we're, no, we don't run closing. No, um, so in my world and, and typically in the normal world of finances or anything else, when the money transfers yeah, yeah, is typically, yeah. that's what it realtors, should be. realtors count it when, and there's nothing wrong with this by the way, but most of the real estate boards in North America count it when the contract's written and it goes firm is when it's counted, right? It's a Canadian That's thing. That's a sale. That's a sale. On the system that goes into the stats. Yeah. And you're, sorry, out. you're right. It is a Canadian thing it's a because Canadian thing. it's totally different in the U.S. One of my big arguments about how the system is broken. I have a topic um, that I'm going to do on a video, but we should probably bring it up here. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board, Vancouver Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. Yeah, no sure. Idea. Whatever it is, chill out. No idea. They all got together, and we now have a disclosure of multiple offers form. Oh yeah. Of which we must now provide to the buyers uh, of any offer. So <clears throat> it's coming out. I think it's eleven days. It comes into effect. I want to point out this is a very good thing. Transparency is awesome. It's great. And guess who implemented it? The realtors. Not wow. the regulating body. Not the writing, but regulating body, not anybody so, else. So this is now about how many pages you need <laughs> to buy a house in, that's it. in your market? We're at like, about five, six many, pages, uh, like, six to eight pages of contract, about 36 pages of disclosure. Ours, uh, it's actually funny because we got ahead of you guys on that. We've had the 801 form for several years. Now it's not, we don't have to send it. We have unless, to provide it in 24 hours. Yeah, we don't have to. Which is, I love, I love that idea. 
So now I get to see NDP. The, the brokerage name of the competing offer. Mm -hmm. I will get a list of how many offers there were, and it must be signed by the seller to say that they received and presented or were presented all of those offers. So I'm a big I think fan. It's, that's fine. It's great. Is that a realtor rule Video or is come. it legal? It is a the rules of cooperation. So in order to to be uh, compliant as a real estate agent in the real estate board, you must fill out this form. But it has to be signed by the seller and the seller I'm sure the seller couldn't technically refuse. Legal obligation to yeah, I'm from Alberta, yeah, so yeah. No, Doesn't. so all of our disclosure <laughs> forms actually have this little bracket next to the seller's signature that says optional, hmm. which oh. is hilarious because then you can actually, uh, you could actually just, well, yeah, I showed it to him. He refused to sign and just oh. put in a blank one. Um, BCFSA, if you're listening. Um, easy way to get around stuff. Um, but yeah, there there is, an, uh, there is a lot of argument for... Uh, the client can refuse the information and then you just have to document that on the doc like seller refused to sign i you know we talked a little bit about this last night and not something i plan to talk about today at all but i think it's getting really confusing for a consumer now what is what's a legal obligation when it comes to buying and selling a house and what is a regular and well, regulator yeah. is legal but what's like a board cooperation mm -hmm. obligation yeah. and I mean, Alberta's so, like really cracked down on this the last couple of years. It's like if a client gives you a legal instruction, it's a legal instruction. And then they have debates about what yeah. legal instructions are, but it makes it more clear. We did that with uh, assignment of contract. So you could, Christy Clark, as she was getting voted out, tried to stay in power by uh, assignment of contract was then named shadow flipping. Right? It's called assignment of contract because you're assigning a piece of paper, but whatever. Shadow, Shadow flipping, flipping now. Shadow wow. flipping so sounds, way better. It. sounds way better right. on the, yeah. oh, on the news I have, headline. By the way, coming up, we just recorded another podcast. I have a new one coming up uh, on Sunday. It's hmm. for a new term that we're going to that, that we're, we're gonna bring in. Is it like starting to call mortgage penalties F-off fees? Uh, pretty, pretty. <laughs> yes. The Logan Roy much, swearing at you. It's very much like that. So we're going to bring that That's in. That's Tim Hudak coming this Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah. Um, so they brought in removal of assignment of contract, but they can't because that's governed under contract law. So you would actually have to, which is change, federal, not provincial, which you would have to change contract law. Didn't that happen with the blind bidding there? So, the, there was something that happened from federal that never went anywhere because it, it they, wasn't their decision to make. Yeah. yeah. That's all, all it was judiciary. Real estate, not, uh, yeah, yeah. All real yeah. estate is, uh, is governed provincially, yeah. not, not federally. Um, so, they were like, yeah, cool. Um, we're going to now put in a rule where the real estate agents have to insert a no assignment clause in every single transaction that they write. However, if the buyer then decides that they don't want that in, we have to follow their legal instruction, instruction mm -hmm. and cross it out, which then comes with another page of disclosure. Hmm. I've got uh, two things I want to bring up here. Someone's Fraser asking. Valley Real Estate Board stats. I'm going to go grab my phone and grab them. Okay, go grab your phone. And then the next comment is great from Eddie Spaghetti. The system is far too corrupted. Just just a second? Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, he's going to do the parkour thing over the bed. Oh, he's going to jump over the bed? No, I'm not parkour. <laughs> um, Go on. The system is far too corrupt. So here, here's what I, I would just to acknowledge that because I can understand there's a lot of things that happen in real estate and then I can understand how the view of the public sees it and goes, that's not fair. This isn't like I, I get the other side of the opinion most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, if you're just looking at it from like a news headline or reading a, an article that's aggressively trying to make it look bad. Mm hmm. 
What do you think would happen if tomorrow real estate agents, mortgage brokers, whatever the equation, and everyone just sold their house with no representation to each other and they could only deal with a bank and like, do you not think it would be an absolute shit show? Mm-hmm. Like we complain all the time about the new regulations. We make jokes about it, how ridiculous it is with the paperwork. Most it, complaints it, from consumers are not understanding the contract, not understanding the contract in the process. They're yeah. not actually incorrect procedures. Well, look at the look at the data from NAR that was presented this week. So mm. the National Association of Realtors in the U.S. and the satisfaction rate for for buyers and sellers is like 82%. Yeah, it's pretty high. Right? So that means that 82% of people bought or sold a home and paid a ridiculous amount of money and then were completely satisfied. If if realtors went away, I can't say the same for mortgage brokers because I think as much as I'm in that business, I think if if consumers just got really, really well educated they could probably go into their bank and get a really good deal or through a non-bank lender, they could get a really good deal. But dealing, because you're dealing with an organization, not just a, that has rules, not just another consumer. But yeah. if you if you create a scenario where it's consumer to consumer on a 500000 or a million dollar transaction, like, wow, lawyers are going to make <laughs> way more money than any realtor's ever paid because there's going to be a lot of conflict by not having representation. Yeah. Before we get to stats, can I, I'm going to try that. You want to take a sip of this? Okay, people, for the record, this is a monumental moment. Steve wants to take a sip of my sour beer. I had a Do you want to look, it pour it in a little yeah, bit? Okay, I thought you were going to take it right that's, that's it. That's I'm it. sure that's plenty. It's not... Uh, I what think is it called? It's a peach lemon... Ugh. Peach lemon zest. It's not the normal sours I drink, just to be clear, but it's here, so I'm drinking it. Um, Canadian Rams fan has entered the chat. Welcome. I know you just tied up a property that you're waiting on inspection. Let, let me know if it went through. That's awesome. Ah! You have a problem there. And then just before we get to the stats, Chris is saying, do all realtors have access to a list of houses under power of sale? Um, I can go onto my real estate board and search that word and get a list of properties, but I don't have like an exclusive list outside of that. You guys have power of sale. We have a court ordered sale. Okay. We can search the MLS. So the answer is yes. I think we we could do it easily. We can search the MLS by it. However, um, guess what, guys? You're not getting a deal. On mm. a power of sale foreclosure, if anything, you just had something happen, overpaying. Yeah. Did I say that in one of the? So just so everybody There's... understands what's happening, we we have uh, done a ton of in person. Uh, so we're going to start releasing those continuously. And I, did we cover this? I think we covered this. Uh, I, a spoiler alert. Uh, no, that's not spoiler alert. Tune in for the hmm. future shows because there was a uh, power of sale around the corner from me foreclosure. Um, and there's another one right next door to it right now. And, uh, I'm interested to let everybody know. Um, and I did let everybody know, uh, the other day on a future episode. The, the result is very surprising based on it being in that situation, what they paid for it. And then well, you have, oh, you, he's, so ga- he's gagging over it. He's not that bad. You're overreacting. Oh, it's so bad. You're sipping on, what are you sipping on? Whiskey? I want it out of here. Cause I'm going to put some more. Nectar Duar in here. But you want me to is... wa- wash it out for you? Oh, it's so bad, Noel. Oh my god. I want to take a picture of him. Um. Okay. I'm gonna do the stats. Fraser let's Valley let's do stats. the stats, Fraser Valley. Let's let's tell the people what is going on. <laughs> um. <laughs> you don't have to drink it, man. You guys. It's so bad. Your taste buds are on upside down. Hey, though. just because you're making 
any issue. That really that. is not good. Though. Okay, come on. <laughs> Do they all taste like that? No, no, <laughs> no, no. This no, is a ten percent sour beer, which is all, not normal. Sorry, gold sour. Um, they're all <laughs> terrible in their own way. They don't all taste the same, but they all taste equally as bad. Uh, okay, you've been pushing this off too long, so I'm going to hit the people quickly with the okay, Toronto sorry. stats. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> As of today, oh no, these are May. Hold on. Oh no, let me get to June. I don't want. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Mm. As of today, the average detached property in Toronto was one seven eight five, just under one point eight. Semis were one point four million. Townhouses were a million dollars. Condos were at seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars in the four one six area code. In the nine oh five, detached were one point four five, just under one point five. Semis were a million. Townhouses were nine sixty three, and condos were six hundred seventy four. So better value in the nine oh five. That's not really surprising to say. That's always been the case. There was seven thousand sales, which is sixteen percent more sales than we saw June of twenty twenty two. New listings were down three percent. Interesting. So new listings continue to be down year over year. Active listings were also down 12% year over year. Average price was up 3% year over year and down like 0.2% month over month. Like it was very close. Uh, so there's your there's your Toronto update. Steve, give us the uh, Fraser Valley update. Fra- Fraser Valley board, Tom story. Uh, Fraser Valley board, 1,935 sales. Uh, last year was 1,281. So we're up 51% in number of sales year over year. Wow. Up 13% since last month at 1,711. So uh, the average price increased 5.6% year over year and 1.1% month over month. New listings are up, uh, but down since last month. So active listings are a down 8%, up 7% from last month. So active listings are there's gonna there's a lot more choice now in the fraser valley there's a lot more choice um that being said i received a sight unseen offer last night so insane it is insane it's it's still a conditional site i guess all your offers are conditional now though because the cooling off period but yeah uh well i can't discuss it it's not accepted but i it was was that ndp too Cooling off. The, they cooling did not write period? me an unconditional offer last night. No, no, but no, the, no. did the NDP do the? Cooling they brought off in period? Uh, cooling off period. Oh. Yeah, which is silly. It is um, very hard to understand. By the way, someone also too late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, they brought it in and then things heated up again. But mm. so um, there, they did release a report on it though, and the amount of rescissions and all of that stuff. They've actually done a fantastic report on it. Mm. Um, probably something did we cover that on another one of these too i think we covered it with the tim hudak yeah um that's so coming we, out this sunday we so we went over it and i did a video on my channel uh i should send you that report because you're going to be amazed at what's going on they what they did was uh the bcfsa so the regulating body the government requested from all of the brokerages all of the contracts they got 62 percent compliance so they got over the period of time there was like five thousand sales or something they got 3200 of the offer situations and all of the uh, other offers like when there are offers they they also requested the uh, ones that were not accepted so they they got all the information they got 62 percent of the total transactions and everything they found with it and it was remarkably unremarkable (laughs) it was exactly where we say what we thought it actually was behind the scenes but that's not what Tom's like, this happens 90% of the time, and I'm actually, he didn't see the report, and I'm reading it, and it's literally 90% of the time. 
what I find really interesting is that the regulator asked for something and only got 62% compliance. Yeah, where was the the rest of it? What happened with the other 38% of brokerages? Well, that's welcome to real estate. Brokerages are just as bad as as agents in some spots, right? That's insane. It wasn't mandatory. Oh, okay. It was a request. And they got to say, okay, that's and they got, actually yeah, pretty yeah. good. No, it wasn't that's like you. also insane, but in the opposite direction. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like you lose your license if you if you don't comply. Uh, um, okay. And then they, they tossed out some of them for bad data. They, they break it down. It's really cool. No, they put penalties in. So if somebody rescinds the contract, there's a penalty, right? Uh, it's going to be so bad. Yes, but no. Okay. The... Um, the penalty has nothing to do with the brokerages. So it's like an honor system. It's like then the broker, like me as the listing agent, if someone rescinds, I can't help my seller go after the money. Oh, what? It's really? on, yeah. It's actually excluded out of the contract. So it's in the contract, but the actual term excludes the brokerages. So they don't have to go bickering over the money. And the seller has to take the, if the buyer doesn't pay it, the seller has to take the buyer to small claims or whatever. I have so, so does the brokerage have to hold that money, that penalty fee in trust until that's only if they, no, only if they've paid the deposit and we don't pay deposit until firm. Oh, so most of the time, no. Interesting. I okay. got I got two first time home buyer questions. Do you guys see radical policy coming uh, from the government to correct the market in favor of first time home buyers, like additional taxes on multiple property homeowners, uh, homeowners limit on buying homes? That won't fix. No, sure, mm-hmm. but no, I don't see that. I don't see that coming. And I think first time home buyers, like land transfer, at least in Toronto where we pay double, half of it should just be removed. I know we have the first time home buyer credit. But half the time it does nothing. It's like instead of paying twenty four thousand, you pay eighteen thousand. Like I can't believe how much the taxes are in your guys' market to to just transfer a property. Like we don't have that in Alberta. You pay the lawyer. I couldn't believe how his are, his are even higher than ours. And I'm oh. like, oh, that's not well. And the then, first mortgage, like yeah. when I got licensed in Ontario, the first mortgage we did in Toronto, I was like, what do you mean? There's twenty five thousand dollars worth of fees that I also have to sneaky. It's like wow. It brings the city of Toronto just on the on the municipal side a uh, billion dollars a year in revenue. So it ain't it ain't going nowhere. So they if anything, actually, they're going the other way because we so we have first time home buyer exemption up to five hundred thousand dollars with a bunch of other terms, and they haven't increased that since twenty seventeen. So in twenty seventeen, when prices were at least fifty percent less than they are now. The first-time home buyer could get you into a detached property mm. in my market. Now it cannot. Hmm. It wouldn't be a nice detached. What uh, property, what percentage but. would you say the transaction is happening right now are first-time home buyers versus move-up buyers? Oh, I can uh, like the activity in the yeah, lower end market right now. Yeah, yeah it's huge. In I I just did three market updates in Calgary, Vancouver, and Toronto. Did mm. you do them all in Vancouver? I only did. Oh, okay. I did two of them in Vancouver. Um, <laughs> Nolan flew that, to Vancouver. I can see the room I did it from. Right Nolan there. flew to Vancouver to do a market update in Vancouver. That was the only reason. Yeah. I Dedication. Came to Vancouver. Yeah. And, I, and then I filmed it from a hotel room, and it's like a two-second clip out the window. Um, <laughs> but what I can tell you is that all three of those markets, the activity is in the lower end market, which means, mm-hmm. which would indicate that it's predominantly first-time buyers. Now, what's really interesting about Calgary's market, for example 
is not only are the apartment condos and the row houses selling way more than the detached, which indicates, again, first-time homebuyers, yeah. but the gravitation towards the parts of the city that traditionally have significantly lower prices is insane. So, like, the rest of the city's up 5%, and the east side of the city, which is predominantly the place where people prefer not to buy homes if right. they don't have to, is up 15%. Because people are going there now because of the prices. Just to get in, right? Interesting. And, yeah. and that could be new immigration. That could, But the great thing about that for those communities is that that is typically what brings those communities back from the brink. Because when you get a massive influx of people, that typically surges that little micro economy yeah. and then that ends up being a really good thing for those areas. I, I can only speak for for our clients for what we've done like market data you don't know exactly how many were first-time home buyers like you can look in price ranges and make the assumption which is probably fair um but our business we've we've done a ton of first-time home buyers this year a ton of first-time sellers the move up buyers mm -hmm. and smaller amounts of investors and smaller amounts of downsizers so uh, i would say 80 percent of our business is either first-time home buyers or move up buyers i haven't seen an investor application like maybe i've seen one or two but realistically, in 12 months, there's been almost zero investors. Yeah, we're, it's certainly cooled down. We're more than 50%. Your, your team's uh, transactions? Yeah. All right, we've got 23 buys to date. We're more than 50% of those are first-timers. Um, interesting, though, we are seeing the first-time buyer investor. Yeah, mm, where they so don't move into staying it. Staying with mom and dad and like, cool, I got all this cash. I'm making good money. I make 125 they, grand a year now. Are they putting 20% down? Uh, yes, they probably have. Yes. They have to, right? Yes, because we see on occasion the uh, first oh, yeah. time home yeah, yeah, buyer yeah, investor that's putting five percent down. Yeah. At which point we have to provide them the definition of what mortgage fraud is. <laughs> yeah, and and if you get the land transfer tax credit in at least in my market, you have to move in within nine months or sometime down the road. They could come but knock them back and want it back from you mm -hmm. plus interest. Mm -hmm. So. Just be very, very clear on that. So we're, we're an hour in here, guys. Uh, chat's been fun. Speaking of an hour, how many watches did you bring to Vancouver? Actually, just two. <laughs> just two? Just two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> we were He was uh, playing some board games with my uh, daughters, and um, he was like, he handed me one of his watches, and he was trash talking. And he asked my daughter what, he, what she thought mm. that place, that watch was worth. It was pretty what funny. What did she say? She said... You said something like it's worth like, was it $4 or $25 or something like that? I think I said it was worth $25. It, it's like a and, very hard to get Rolex just to put and, perspective and on it. So she, she turned yeah. to him and says, you know, you can get a watch exactly like that at the dollar store for less than $4. <laughs> In full conviction, like this watch not is wrong. nothing special. I can get something the exact same it's for $4. I mean, just because it's been brought up in previous episodes of me being live with you. Yeah. Uh, it's the Pepsi Rolex, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's my, that was my son was born watch. That was my very special. What was that your push present? <laughs> to that's myself so that's nice. not what it's called Aww, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> tom's gonna go red uh, yeah man we can we can uh we can wrap we got a ton of people here uh we appreciate everybody being here i want to shout out what we have coming up this yes. week tim hudak uh who's ceo tim hudak? so he, he former so, conservative party leader of ontario mm -hmm. uh currently the ceo of the ontario Oreo. real estate association yeah uh, super wow, smart guy cool. okay uh yeah so second time on the show he'll be back 
and, and he then, had opinions on our new mayor. He had opinions on the new mayor of Toronto. He, Good or bad? Uh, Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say both. Cool. I'm going to say both. It was he did not hold back and he was not. Uh, a terrible person at all about it. He was very good and it was awesome. Yep. So that's coming up. Uh, and then we actually reached out to a few people uh, that we know. And you got Grant Cardone. <laughs> Uncle that's G. That's amazing. We have way better. We have way better okay, than that. Grant Cardone, if you're watching, you yeah. got to get on the Tom Story Show. We have one of the biggest uh, real estate podcasters in the, in the country coming up the yep. week after that. Um, we have a very controversial person coming up, which I love. I think he's a great dude. Uh, he's coming up, and then we have somebody make a face like him. That is, that's know. the Scotch talking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go ahead. No, Sorry. we have we have somebody <laughs> that we recorded with that I'm going to try and make the best thumbnail of all time because this is someone that we never want to miss like this is someone who has the doom and gloomers should watch this they're going they're, to love they're gonna it. love it 30 years of experience helping people in very very tough financial situations and how housing is involved he sees the worst of it wow and yeah we recorded that and it is um uh, he's a guy i've known for a long time and mm -hmm. it was really really interesting so these are all teasers these are all coming up we're gonna have uh an amazing summer uh, we tried to do as many in person because we like them a lot better. It's interesting. Uh, I can tell now when Tom, uh, when I'm looking across from him, when he's like, "Please don't say that. Please don't say that." Because <laughs> I get it three or four times. So he feels like he's your wife. There is one spot in one of the episodes that we have coming up where I thought Tom was going to make me cut it out, but I don't think he is. So we'll see. I called you. I think I called you your full name because you were offside. I called him Steven. Just just to wrap up here, Chris is saying so. BNN reported the twelve month rolling total of net international migrants, which includes permanent residents, is now nearly yes. one point two yes. million people coming to Canada. Our housing starts are at historic lows, which it, has a lot to do with my offside comment. Is this sustainable, or will the government pull back? I don't think the government's going to pull back on immigration. And I don't. Is, and it is Sustainable. And it's probably not sustainable for long-term housing prices unless we build a ton of houses. And we're only thinking about housing. What about that's, medical? What about yeah. all these uh, that's, other things? That's exactly what I was thinking. Forget housing, forget real estate values. Like What you're seeing right now yeah. is a fun fundamental... Fundamental. Fun Good luck saying again, that word Scotch again. Scott <laughs> talking about. It's a fundamental change yeah. in... Our whole country. country, our whole country, and it's going to be more prevalent in some provinces than others. But it is a fundamental change in in how we operate as a country, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and which is what Ravi Callan said, which is, "Hey, man, it's changing. Get used to yeah. it." Andy, Andy's asking if we're doing any more live streams this weekend. Uh, I don't. Th well, not planned. Are we doing? What are we just going to live? Stream I'll get tomorrow? internet on the plane. <laughs> that would and we'll do a, a live stream that would be a good use of time no we have no but uh, we will do more though i really like this even we, if we're not in person i think live streams create a whole different dynamic of this they do um but we did as many in persons as we could possibly do yeah. um because we want to uh we want to reach some pretty cool people over the next little bit uh it was awesome uh i appreciate you coming out yeah thank uh, you it was Nolan. great to see you at your first richard robbins international uh event um, we hope you come to more in the future. We hope uh, realtors that are watching come to more in the future because, yeah. man, was that not the coolest group of people uh, you've been around uh, in a long I time. I got to say, okay, so I got to give the quick plug for Richard Robbins, which I will fully acknowledge, and I acknowledged to him earlier, uh, I, I saw him 10, 15 years ago and was just like, meh. 
And seeing him this last two days, and thank you, Tom, for encouraging me to come. Uh, it was amazing. I've never seen a better put on um, show by anybody. Just mm. the the stuff that wasn't even the presentation was so dialed in. Joe Polish, uh, yeah, was shout out to Joe Polish, freaking amazing. Yeah, it was cool. If, if you're familiar with him, check him out. Uh, Tom, you got to give a little like spiel on what he does. Yeah. And then just the level of people. I've never been in a room full of realtors where I was like, oh, where's the sleazy guy? And he just didn't exist. And he wasn't there. He actually for, sat beside you the whole time. I was, was the sleazy guy. I was beside you on the left. Oh, it was I thought me. it was me. Yeah. I was like, who is it? Oh, fuck, it's me. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and just to explain to people what we're talking about, us as real estate agents pay a company to coach us to, to get better, give better information, You'll have better services and systems for our clients. Um, which then goes to the consumer. So I think these companies are really good that they exist. It's like a golf pro having a coach, having a caddy. It's it's the same thing for our industry. Uh, we pay them a lot of money to bring better services to you guys. So I, I hope the end product you know uh, improves because of that. Um, if you've been watching the stream the whole time and you're still here, make sure to throw us a like on this live stream because oh, yes, we have not asked time. for it once. Mm. We got and, 17 um, likes. Uh, just toss in any comments you can in the last few seconds here before we wrap up. Um, I like I like doing lives. I'm shocked we haven't had trolls. Um, yeah, that's, everyone's been so much fun. Hmm. You guys have spent the last six months blocking them all. <laughs> We have definitely tried to help some people with their um, with their mental health by not letting yeah. them be shown yeah. on in our comments. Yeah. I'm I'm not even going to hide that. Like I don't think no. There's a hey, bunch of people that say some pretty terrible things. This and, is your front door, and if somebody shows up yeah. and they take a yeah. and they leave a steaming bag and light it on fire, <laughs> you have every right to clean that up. Yeah. Uh, all right, boys, that was fun. Thank you, everybody, so much. Uh, if you've been hanging out with us for the last hour, um, <laughs> just finally we get some good comments in here. Steve would crush Nolan's melon. I got a bunch of hearts coming up on the screen. Steve would crush Nolan's melon. Why are you crushing my melon? I don't know. <laughs> Who's that guy? I don't know, but that's, that's a good comment, man. Sure. We had, so when we posted the, the photo that we took in the bed. Oh, yeah. If anyone hasn't seen this, that, go to the community tab of this of this uh, podcast. The comment there about uh, realtors being in bed with mortgage brokers was, it made my It was hilarious. Oh, hilarious. Amazing. Hilarious. I didn't it even made see that day. one. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed the live stream. We'll try to do this again in the future. Upcoming episode this Sunday, uh, Tim Hudak. I think it's going to be one you're going to want to watch, especially if you're passionate about the new mayor of Toronto, Olivia Chow. Lots of interesting opinions on that. If you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe to the channel. And uh, peace. Thanks, guys. Subscribe to Steve's channel. Beat beat Tom to (laughs) 10,000. Let's do that. Who would would win an arm wrestling contest between the three of you? Probably um, Nolan. Let's do it right now. Steve, let's six find ago. out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, th- thanks for doing this, Nolan. Amazing. Uh, Thank you. I uh, I love both you guys. Let's uh, let's go for dinner or do something. New yeah. record for the most sign-offs in history. Yeah. Oh, cheers from Argentina. Thanks for watching from Argentina. It's over. What's dropping faster, Steve's weight or home sales? <laughs> <laughs> My weight, technically. Are we are we off? Uh, I hope so, but I'm going to let it okay, let's, roll here for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Guys, that was fun. I love doing those with you guys. We should do more of those. That was amazing. Yeah, we're, we're wrapped up here. 263. That's wicked. Can you uh, see if you can put that into the podcast playlist?